the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. With a reasonable answer for the hope that lies within us, this is Contending for the Faith with Dr. Jerry Buckner. And now, to introduce Dr. Jerry Buckner, here's Gary Bell. Well, good evening, and welcome to another exciting edition of Contending for the Faith with your host, Bay Area pastor, lecturer, counselor, and expert on the cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. Well, it's been almost four months now since the October 7th, 2023 Hamas attack on Israel, an attack that has become known as one of the bloodiest in Israel's history and the deadliest for the Jews since the Holocaust. We have seen and heard reports from the Middle East of the horrific atrocities and barbaric killings of Jews. However, in light of biblical prophecy and History, this is nothing new or surprising. Behind all of these heinous acts is none other than Satan and his demonic cohorts working in accordance to Ephesians six twelve, where it states, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, and against spiritual wickedness in high places. You see, friends, warfare is not only physical, but it's also very spiritual. So stay tuned for part eight of our series entitled Genocide Attacking Christmas. For we are not pretending, we are contending for the faith. Dr. Buckner, how are you tonight? Brother Gary, I'm truly blessed. And thank you so much for that uh, challenging and uplifting uh, introduction. Um, and we want to thank everybody out there in Radio Land for joining us for another edition of Contending for the Faith. We trust that you are going to be blessed and encouraged by the Word of God uh, tonight. And we just want to encourage you to get to a table with your pens and paper and also your Bibles. And we look forward to uh, God being a blessing to you uh, through us tonight. And, you know, I just want to say this thing before I get into the message. This was something that was a quote from Martin Luther, the great Reformationist father. He said, quote, God creates out of nothing. Therefore, until a man is nothing, God can make nothing out of him. How about that? Let me say that one more time. God creates out of nothing. Therefore, until a man is nothing, God can make nothing out of him. Uh, that just reminds me of what John the Baptist said. Uh, he must increase and I must decrease. Oh, may God have that type of mentality through us to get us to that place as well in our walk with him so he can make us out of something. And uh, we have been doing this series uh, on the genocide attacking Christmas 
And I want to uh, tackle tonight uh, on this uh, part eight uh, uh, series and uh, talk about a little bit about the Hamas uh, in relationship to the genocide and uh, in our world today. And, you know, last time, last week uh, on Saturday, I shared that Adolf Hitler was demon-possessed and demon-controlled, and he sought after and connected with demons through the hollow earth and believed this was his escape from any enemy coming after him. And you know what? Uh, it's interesting that Muhammad, who uh, inspired people to be involved with the Hamas, uh, this man also was demon-possessed and controlled by demons. This is one of the reasons why these cultic and religious leaders do so many foul and demonic and evil, heinous, genocide things, because they have demons in control of their lives. And uh, Muhammad, uh, it tells us in the Hadith, that's additional writings of the Quran, uh, and it says in the Hadith uh, on volume two, number 468, page 468, that uh, Muhammad was uh, involved with the occult, and he sought the occult art dreams of interpretation. And when he got involved with the occult, he was connected with demons. A lot of times Muslims will say, well, he connected with Gabriel. Well, it was way beyond just Gabriel. It was demons. And that's also in the writings uh, of the Hadith, which is additional writings, because the Hadith, it really tells you like it is. Now, the whole idea of the Hamas came from Muhammad's violence teachings. The word Hamas is in the Bible. You say, where is that, Dr. Buckner? Well, it's in Genesis chapter 6, verses 11 and 13. Verse 11 says, the earth also was corrupt before God, and the earth was filled with violence. Also, verse 13 says, and God said to Noah, the end of all flesh has come before me, for the earth is filled with violence through them. And behold, I will destroy them with the earth. The word violence in Hebrew means Hamas. And we are dealing with the same thing today in our world. Violence is everywhere because Satan is behind it. And today, the radical terrorist Muslims is always into genocide of Jews and Christians everywhere and every moment. Muhammad himself in Medina, he ended up between 700 to 1,000 uh, Jews, brutally genocide them and buried them underneath the ground. Now, the radical Muslims, they teach that Israel is the little Satan and America is the big Satan. And we are starting to see an increase in genocide because of the current government that has opened the border for everybody to come over illegally. 
We have genocide in America because of the fentanyl coming over here through China, through Mexico, and into the United States. We see genocide in America because terrorists are here, radical M13 gangs and many other unknown terrorist groups. We can have another 9-11 happen any day at any moment in America. Now question, listen to this question carefully. What was behind the mind of the terrorists on 9-11? What was behind the mind of the terrorists on 9-11? Answer, the so-called holy jihad, that's spelled J-I-H-A-D. It's not a really a holy jihad, but an unholy jihad, so-called holy war against the enemies. Question, what does the holy jihad teach? Answer, I want to share with you five things, five points regarding the jihad. And I want you to take note of all these points because when you understand these five points, you understand why the terrorists, the radical Muslim terrorists on 9-11 did what they did and why they are continuing to do what they are doing today. Number one, they teach young boys and girls in training that if you die a martyr, killing yourself against the enemy, Israel and America, they say that you will become a martyr. And that's one of the highest ranking things in the Islamic world, to die and kill yourself. They've even had bombs on children going towards American people, American army people. And the, the military people go out to try to grab that little kid and got bombs strapped around them and they get exploded along with the kid. How sad. Secondly, it is they teach that it is a guarantee to go to paradise if you die a martyr. Question, what is paradise in the mind of the radical terrorist Muslim? That's a good question. Number three, answer. Rivers of wine where you can have drunken orgies. And number four, and you can have these drunken orgies with 72 virgins naked chained to couches and have sexual orgies throughout eternity. This is what they believe. And fifthly, and if you die a martyr, it is a guarantee that you can choose 30 of your relatives to go to paradise, which is their fleshly, lustful, demonic type of heaven. This is pretty a tasting, demonic, attractive way to look at heaven from a fleshly, demonic way. But Jesus said, in heaven there will be no marriage, nor given in marriage. And Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount, in Matthew 5 and 8, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. And if you don't have a pure, holy heart and life, here on this earth, you're not going to make it to the next earth in heaven. Because God is requiring for all of us to live 
a life of purity here, holiness and righteousness throughout this life so we can enjoy that in eternity. Say this in closing. Jesus said again, Matthew 5 and 8, blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see God. And when you look at the radical Muslims, they teach everything other than purity, impurity, unholiness, even though they call it the holy jihad, it's unholiness. It's engulfed in demonism and the occultism because that's the way Muhammad lived his life and taking advantage of young girls and getting married with them at 12 and 11, 12 and 13 years of age and impregnating them. Uh, Lord, help us. We're going to close in prayer. Dear Lord, just help us all in this troubled world that we're in. Help us, Lord, to come to know the real Jesus. And there are Muslims today. God is so much after them that there's true stories of Muslims seeing Jesus in their dreams and being convicted to turn to him. God works in so many mighty ways. And God, we pray that you would touch the Muslim world, the radical Muslim world, those who are involved with genocide in our world. We pray that they'll come to know Jesus because somebody may ask the question, can a terrorist ever get saved? Yes, they can. Because Saul, before he became Paul, he was one of the worst terrorists in the early church, and he got saved. He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says unto the churches. Brother Gary. Well, all right. It's time for us to take that commercial break. Our phone lines are open, and we'll be right back. More of Contending for the Faith. listening to Contending for the Faith on AM 1100 KFAX, the spirit of the Bay. Welcome back to Contending for the Faith with your host, Bay Area Pastor, Lecturer, Counselor, and Expert on the Cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. My name is Gary Bell, and once again, our phone lines are open, and we want to hear from you. If you have questions, comments, concerns, if you need prayer, we're here to pray with you. We always say, make prayer your first response, not your last resort. you got problems and everybody does. Jesus said, in this life, you will have tribulation or problems. But he said, be of good cheer because he's overcome the world. He's overcome it. So we can bring all of our problems. Scripture says, cast our cares upon him because he cares for us. So before you run down the street to grandma or Uncle Joe or whoever it is you want to run to, run to Jesus first. Tell him what's going on in your life because he has the power to take care of all of your needs. 
according to his riches and glory through Christ Jesus. Philippians 4.19 says, so hang on to his promises and tell him about what you need. It's that simple. So we want to encourage you tonight. Give us a call. If you have questions, if you need prayer, we're here to pray with you. And we know that many of you are stalwart prayer warriors because we know you've been praying for this ministry for many, many years. We thank you for those prayers. We thank you for the consistency of those prayers because they have been keeping us going. Those prayers are the lifeblood of this ministry, and you are part of that uh, warfare that's taking place on our behalf. And we thank you for sending up the, those prayer bombs and bombarding the en- enemy on our behalf. And we just thank you and continue those prayers. Also, we want to thank you for your generosity because this is a listener-supported ministry, and we always uh, know that without your support, you might tune in and find out that the program is gone, right? So, But that's never happened. We've been on the air for uh, 20 years almost, and so we, we know it's because the prayers and your generous financial donations. Right now, we are kind of running behind. We need a little help here, and uh, Maybe somebody tonight can step up to the plate. We need $465. And so, hey, we've had, we put that out there in the past. And before the, before the program ends, someone has, has uh, sent that in. So if you're here tonight and you're listening tonight and God moves you to, to make that pledge, then we thank you in advance. There's two ways that you can donate. You can address a check or money order to contact for the faith, P.O. Box 553. Tiburon, California, 94920. That's Contending for the Faith, P.O. Box 553, Tiburon, spelled T-I-B-U-R-O-N, California, 94920. The second way is so much simpler. Just go online, contendingfaith.org. That's contendingfaith.org, and click on the Donate button, and boom, you'll be a blessing for time and eternity. So we thank you in advance for allowing the Lord to use you through prayer and through your generous giving. All right, Dr. Buckner, you're about ready to um, make these, uh, do these phone calls? Yes, let's do that, Brother Gary. Okay, we have Brother Rick on line one holding. Hey, Brother Rick, how you doing there? Good evening to you folks. Yes, how are you? I'm blessed. And oh, good, good. Home good. Home. Good to hear your voice. So what's on your heart tonight? Well, let me ask you this. Uh, should, should every Christian be involved in apologetics? Now, you've been, you've been in apologetics uh, longer than anybody I know. You've mentioned me for many years. But compared to you, I mean, you know, you're still ahead. Could you, could, could you explain uh, the reasoning behind uh, we, whether we should or whether we should not? That's a very good question, Brother Rick. Thank you so much for that question. Uh, Should every Christian be involved in the work of apologetics? And the answer is yes. Uh, And why? Because uh, it is a command. It's a command from God uh, through the scriptures. And we see uh, throughout the scriptures that uh, one of the, the most classic apologetic scriptures is in First Peter three and fifteen, where the apostle Paul, uh, uh, Peter rather, Peter says, "But sanctify the Lord God in your heart, and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asks of you a reasonable hope that's in you, 
with meekness and fear. Uh, so that's a command that we give answers, and that's not just to uh, the leaders. That's to every Christian to give answers for their Christian faith. And then we have another scripture that's a command is, and that's where we get the name of our program, which is Jude 3, you know, contend for the faith that was once and for all delivered unto the saints. The word contend is another word for apologetics. And in the Phillips translation, it means to fight for your faith. And uh, I would say that in Philippians chapter uh, one, Paul says on two times, he uses the word defense. And the word defense comes from the Greek word apologia, and it simply means to uh, defend truth in the midst of error. And so that's another command. And one of the greatest apologetic sermons ever given was at Morris Hill in Acts chapter 17, when Paul was up in, in the face of the uh, Epicurean the Stoic philosophers, and he rebuked them and gave an apologetic response. And I might as well say this too, the first martyr uh, of the early Christian church uh, was an apologist, and that was Stephen. And he gave an apology, uh, apologetic answer for his faith in Jesus Christ. And that was powerful, and it led to his uh, death. Let me just add a few more things to this uh, point, uh, the question that you ask. Um, today, uh, Brother Rick, it's unfortunate that many Christians today uh, have become uh, secret agents and undercover agents. Uh, and that's not what the Lord has called us to do. Um, he's called us to uh, get out there and give answers and reasons for our faith. Uh, it was one great apologist uh, began with a single person. He said, apologetics begins with a single person, and that person is you. And, and I believe that that's so true. Uh, and uh, another great uh, Christian scholar once said uh, that uh, we should always stand firm for our faith and let him that would uh, be moved, that, that would move the world, let him that would move the world first move himself. Uh, this is one great apologist scholar once said, let him that would move the world first move himself. Um, Apologetics comes, again, from the Greek word apologia, which means defense, and God wants us to give a defense for our Christian faith. Uh, and let me just say, uh, because I've taught classes on this, let me say a few things about the benefits of uh, apologetics. And some people might want to write these benefits down uh, because I teach classes on it. And I think that you can be blessed by the benefits. Apologetics, number one, apologetics provide well-reasoned evidence to non-believers. Um, that's, that's a beautiful thing to know, that apologetics provide well-reasoned evidence and answers to non-believers. That's the first point that I want to say. The second point is this. Apologetics can be used to show the unbeliever that all the other options in uh, this world and religions are not really options at all since they are false. So apologetics will help you to bring out the falsity of 
false religions and cults. Thirdly, apologetics can remove the mental uh, problems in the way, uh, the emotional problems in the way, and prevent the non-believer from responding to the gospel. So, you know, we got these blocks and problems and in the way, these roadblocks, and apologetics will help you to have answers to move those roadblocks so that you can give effective answers. And then fourthly, I want to say that apologetics provides not only a de defense for our faith, it provides security uh, to the Christian who needs that sure security as they go forth. And it gives them security and it gives them confidence. And then let me uh, mention about two more points on this. Apologetics demonstrate, number five, apologetics demonstrate uh, in helping us to know why we believe what we believe. Apologetics demonstrate in helping us to know why we believe and what we believe. And then sixthly and lastly, apologetics does not replace our faith, but it helps to ground our faith. That's beautiful. Apologetics does not replace our faith, but it helps to ground our faith in Jesus Christ. And so uh, this is what it's all about. And, and I'll say this in closing, that apologetics, you know, it brings a sense of confidence, uh, evidence, boldness in our faith, and uh, and we and we can look at somebody like a Martin Luther uh, that God used behind the Reformation. He told it like it was, and in the face of the Roman Catholic Church, and look at what has happened as a result of that. The Protestant movement today. Uh, and we can look at the early church. They gave an apologetic response and look at the way the church has grown. And every time they were under persecution in the book of Acts, the church grew. So anyway, I've, I've kind of like done a little class on this. And I just want to say to uh, churches out there that are listening right now, I, I'm also a pastor, but I'm also a professor. I teach in seminary and I can come to your church and do a teaching on this in your church. Uh, I even have a PowerPoint on this, uh, some things even on a deeper level. So I can come right into church and do this, uh, help uh, assist your pastor uh, in equipping the saints. Uh, if that door is open, I'm willing to come in and do that. Brother Gary always says uh, that at the end sometimes that Dr. Button is available and I am available to come in and help the church to uh, build some reasons and faith and evidence for their faith. And we need to, to do that. So hopefully, Rick, that's helped out. I've given you a little class, but hopefully it's helped out. I mean, I, I find it very empowering because, mm -hmm. uh, you know, you, you learn all the time. And then you, and, and, and you not only know it for yourself, but you're able to share it with others. Yes, absolutely. And, and that's the power behind it. We not only have a faith, we have a conviction in what yes. we share. Mm -hmm. That is so true. I couldn't have said it any better than that, Brother Ray. You you have any prayer requests that we can pray for you uh, about? I'd just, like, just like to give thanks today for being able to come home from the uh, re rehab. 
Mm-hmm. And I'm looking forward to having a much more normal uh, time, and um, and also get get on with uh, what I want to do here. What I want to do with the facility here. Mm-hmm. People asking me about teaching the Bible class, mm-hmm. and uh, I, I would love to do it. Mm-hmm. Amen. Give me give me the resource in the facility. Yes. And I'll do it. Well, we'll keep you, we'll definitely keep you in prayer on that. We're going to pray for you right now around that, Brother Rick. And uh, let's also lift up uh, Brother Gary Sophia as well, because we haven't heard from her and we're concerned about how she's doing. So let's go before the Lord on that, Brother brother Gary. <clears throat> and uh, I just want to add one quick thing about uh, apologetics. I think it's an excellent uh, vehicle for discipleship when you are being discipled uh, and you begin to understand how things fit together and how to give a defense. You you begin to memorize certain scriptures in alignment with apologetics. Um, it just gives you a cl- very clear focus as well. So anyway, thank you for Brother Rick. We pray, Lord God, that and rejoice that he's back from uh, rehab and and Lord God, we just pray that you continue to use Rick in terms of teaching and being a witness and discipling others, Lord God, where he's at. Lord God, we know as long as he's on planet Earth, you've got a work for him to do. And Lord God, pray by the power of the Holy Spirit that you fill him to overflowing and let that overflow touch the lives of those that he comes in contact with. Use him greatly. Use him to your glory. Lord God, we we lift up Sister Sophia and we pray for her, Lord God. We haven't heard from her, but Lord God, you know exactly where she is and what she needs. And so, Lord God, we pray that you would, would supply her need. We pray, Lord God, that you get her reconnected. We pray, Lord God, that you protect her and keep her and bless her. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, it looks like it's time for us to take that commercial break. We'll be right back with more of Conceding for Faith. You're listening to Contending for the Faith on AM 1100 KFAX, the spirit of the Bay. Welcome back to Contending for the Faith. Your host, Bay Area pastor, lecturer, counselor, and expert on the cult, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. And we just want to take a brief moment to thank all of you who have been praying for Contending for the Faith. And thank all of you who have so generously stepped up to the plate to be donors of uh, this, to this ministry. We thank you for your generous uh, uh, donations because this is a listener supported ministry and we thank you for that support right now we have a four hundred and sixty five dollar deficit that we need to take care of and so we're looking uh, for you to step up to the plate and hit us a home run tonight uh, we can't thank you enough for your your constant prayers and your generous giving there's two ways that you can donate you can address a check or money order contending for the faith Post Office Box 553, California 94920. But we always say the second way is so much simpler. Go online to contendingfaith.org. That's contendingfaith.org. Click on the Donate button, and it's that simple. You'll be a blessing for time and eternity. Well, we've got uh, the phone lines. We want to hurry up and get back to the phones. 
and utilized our time wisely tonight. Dr. Buckner, we've got Jermaine online too. Brother Jermaine, how you doing, brother? Oh, I'm doing very well tonight. Thank you. Oh, good, good. And what's on your heart tonight? Well, just um, want to ask a question. Uh, now, this one I kind of know the answer, but it's on behalf of someone. But like, what's so wrong about transsexuals or cross-dressers or the, any of the open LGBT people being in charge of or contributing in uh, the music ministry or worship? Because if if uh, sin is sin and they're sinners, why is it so wrong for them to be a part of the worship music and the praise teams? Yeah, that's a very good question, uh, Jermaine. And, you know, what we're living is in a day where uh, everything that the Apostle Paul said in Second uh, Timothy 4, the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. But after their own lust, notice the word lust, so they, you know, uh, draw to their own way in the in terms of lust. So, you know, the, the problem today is that the, the, the scriptures is very clear about stuff like that. Uh, homosexuals uh, being in a leadership role, being even in the church practicing that lifestyle, uh, you know, and we see that uh, the Apostle Paul dealt with a similar situation in 1 Corinthians chapter 5. A person was in the church uh, committing fornication. Uh, that was their lifestyle. And Paul, the Apostle Paul, heard about it, and they wrote him a letter and told him about it. And what he did was he responded by saying, deliver such a one unto Satan for the destruction of his body that his spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord. And that meant when it says deliver, it's, it said not, not only that Satan will have access to him, but excommunicate him out of the church. So the early church didn't play with stuff like that. They, they put people out. And matter of fact, the list of things that the Apostle Paul talked about in 1 Corinthians 6 and 9, he talked about those who practice this lifestyle of homosexuality and a, a list of many other things, fornication, adultery, will not inherit the kingdom of God. And then what does uh, David says in Psalms uh, 1, blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. So, and then Paul also said, come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. So uh, it is very clear in Scripture that not only in the choir, but in the pulpit, uh, even in terms of the congregation itself, if a person is, is, is got struggling with that lifestyle and they want to be delivered from it, that's one thing. The church should open up their arms to them and say, we want to work with you. But if they're uh, blatant into uh, that lifestyle and say it's okay, then that's, that's something that God is completely against. And we need to be against it too. We need to have no part of it because if we do, we'll be judged too. So that's that's my perspective on it as well. So hopefully that kind of helps to give some more clarification to uh, your your question. Oh yeah, and I, I concur. Just uh, like I, I know the answer to that one, but that, that was for somebody else. But I appreciate the way you uh, you know you have compassion and answered that honestly. So thank you. Yeah, you got it. That's a very good question because the world today 
is getting in the churches. And if we don't stand firm uh, with the truth, then we're never going to be made made free from it, from the lie. So anyway, uh, you know, I'm glad to to hear that it's, it's touched you. And you know, go ahead and pass that on with some other people, what I said, some of the scriptures. And thank you always for your good questions. We appreciate it. All right. God bless you. Are you experiencing that firsthand, Jermaine, or, or is that just a hypothetical situation? No, not uh, not me, but just uh, someone I know is kind of struggling in that area, and they're wondering about their particular church. Uh, just a, there's a lot of confusion. A lot of the the pastor, I guess, their family and whatnot may have some issues with their children being cross-dressers and whatnot. I, I already know what it is. It's a sign of sin and confusion, and there needs to be a lot of deliverance. But yeah, just it just causes a lot of confusion with people who— are honestly seeking Christ, and, and you know they sound nice, they look nice, but it's it's just not following Scripture. Yeah, there's a lot of pressure on churches to compromise right now. Especially, yeah. we yeah. must not do the three C's: compromise, confuse, and contradict. When yeah. it comes to the gospel, those three C's: compromise, confuse, and contradict. And a lot of, uh, like Gary says, a lot of churches, many of them are giving in. And uh, they will be judged by God. Uh, we have to make that clear to them. If you don't do what God says, uh, you will be judged. And that's why the Apostle Paul says, judge yourself lest you be judged. Mm-hmm. And we see this, a good example of it in 1 Corinthians 5. And we see it in many other places in the Bible where God judged people living that type of lifestyle. And it's unacceptable. It's, it's against God's word. And we have to stand firm in it, whether people like us or not. That's the bottom line. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. So thank you for your call and your question. We appreciate it. All right, thank you. All right, God bless you, Jermaine. Who do we have next, Brother Gary? Okay, we have a question from Alfred off the air. His question is, what are carnal Christians? And who should we be praying to God? Who should we be praying to, God the Father or Jesus? So he's got two questions. The first one is, what are carnal Christians? And the second one is, basically, who should we be praying to, the Father, God the Father, or Jesus, the Son? Right. Thank you, Brother Gary. So, uh, Brother Alfred, thank you so much for that uh, question. And in the church, according to the Apostle Paul, there are three types of uh, uh, people. The first one is the spiritual man. The second one is the carnal man. And the third one is the natural man. The natural man is not saved. The carnal man, the, the spiritual man we know is saved, but the carnal man is saved, but he he or she is uh, prone to uh, give in to the flesh. And uh, also they're on, uh, according to Paul in 1 Corinthians 3, they're on to milk rather than meat, the meat of the word. They're not growing and they're not not maturing in the Lord. And the thing that I want to say just about the carnal man, a carnal person, is that uh, you can't continue uh, to live that lifestyle uh, without repenting and changing it uh, if you're going to ultimately be saved. Because the Lord is very clear that those who practice 
sinful acts in First Corinthians 6 and 9 will not inherit the kingdom of God. So the carnal man or woman is struggling with uh, worldly things, materialistic things, the flesh, uh, and sometimes sexual pleasures, but uh, and into gossip rather than the gospel. But they got to get to the point where they grow on uh, meat and mature. But if you continue to practice these things uh, without genuine repentance, you can lose. You can end up losing your soul for all eternity. That's the reality. And then uh, the next question is, uh, who should we pray to, uh, Jesus or the Father? Well, that's a very good question. Um, if you look in your Bibles at uh, John chapter 16, um, and I'm going to go to uh, John chapter 14 and 13 and, and 14. There in John chapter 14 and 13 and 14, you have Jesus saying uh, in John chapter 14, 31, and whatsoever you shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. So when Jesus was here on the, on the earth and everything during the ministry, he had his disciples to pray in his name. But when he was getting ready to go to the Father, a lot of Christians need to understand this because they use the name of Jesus without using the name of the Father. And they need to understand that there is a change from Jesus saying it. So in, in John 16 and verses, uh, verse 23, he says, And in that day ye shall ask me nothing. Verily I say unto you, Whatsoever ye shall ask the Father in my name, he will give it you. So what's happening now is that Jesus is saying, uh, I'm getting ready to go back to the Father. I'm going to send another comforter. And now the shift now is that we pray in the Father's name. This is like a child going to the, uh, the Father, uh, you know, the, the head of the household, and going to the Father and asking. So that's the reason why when I pray, I always say, uh, I come before you in our Father through in the Father through Jesus, and because uh, I'm acknowledging the Father in my prayer. So Jesus and I ask it in the Father's name through Christ, and this is what He's talking about in verse 23 that we ask now in the Father's name. Now I didn't say that. That's what Jesus said. It's clear right there in verse. Uh, John 16 and 23. But what we've been taught in a lot of our churches is that we ask everything in Jesus' name. Jesus said that is what you do in John 14 and 13 and 14 when he was in when he was on earth with them. But when he's getting ready to leave, he said, Now you're going to ask in the Father's name through me. That's how we pray now. We come before the Father in his name through Christ. And that's what we ask. That's how we ask for prayer now. Amen. Well, good question, Alfred. And hopefully a lot of people that's heard this tonight, uh, it will be a little bit of a, a shift and change in their uh, way they pray. That's important. Okay. So, Brother Gary, let's get to our uh, – uh, is, is Jackie on? Uh, is she on live or – 
This Let's go to Jackie. All right. Jackie, how you doing? Hi. How are you? Hi. Good. How were you this evening? We are truly blessed. We are truly blessed. And we have to hear your voice. And what's on your heart? I want to know what the Bible says about when Jesus was born, uh, because I'm hearing that he was born in the summertime and not on December 25th. Well, that's a very good question, Jackie. And let me kind of address that. Okay, so uh, one of the reasons why we we celebrate Jesus' birthday on December the 26th, is because, 25th rather, on December the 25th, is because the early church uh, was faced with uh, a pagan uh, god that the pagans were worshiping on December the 25th. And so what the early church did, they simply said, what we're going to do, because they're celebrating this uh, pagan god and that's pagan God's birth on December the 25th. What we going and a lot of Christians were getting influenced by that. The early church said, well, what we're gonna do, we're gonna celebrate Christ's birth on that day to do away with the pagan worship. And by them doing that, they were able to do that. Now, the question is, when was Jesus born? He was not born on December the 25th. And the reason why we know that, of, of, of historical fact, why we know that, and archeological fact, the reason why we know that, is because the shepherds never did take their sheep out in the winter time because they would have died. The shepherds always took their sheep out in the spring or closer to the summer. We don't know when Jesus was born, but God didn't reveal it because it's not the most important thing. The most important thing is us coming to grips that he died for our sins. He came back alive and he's coming back again. He's on the right hand side of the father. So right now, the issue is not when, but that. And so, but that's the, that's the point that we have to come to grips with is that, uh, December the 25th, no, because the shepherds never took their sheep out in the wintertime or they would have froze to death. Uh-huh. Well, that makes sense. Okay. Amen. Thank well, thank you for much, your Dr. good Brooks. Thank you for your good question. How often do you listen to Contending for the Faith? Oh, I try to get it every Saturday, but some days I'm doing other things. And But I have you set on my alarm every Saturday at 7 o'clock. <laughs> well, hey, amen to that. Well, we appreciate you, and we appreciate your good question. And we know that a lot of people have gotten uh, touched by your question tonight because a lot of people ask that same question. So thank you so much, and God bless you. Take care. Okay, God bless you too. Thank you. Bye bye. You're welcome. Bye bye. Brother Gary, Gary, I'll turn it over to you to knock a home run in the name of our Heavenly Father through Christ. Well, amen. Well, we've come to the end of tonight's exciting broadcast, and we'd like to thank Vince, our engineer, for once once again doing an amazing job of keeping our 
program on the air, the callers coming through and everything running smoothly. We can't thank Vince enough. And also we want to thank you, our listening audience, for being part of tonight's program. It's important for us to hear from you. Your letters and cards are an encouragement to us. So please drop us a note. Let us know how the program has blessed you. <coughs> Excuse me. You can reach us at Contending for the Faith, P.O. Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. You can also reach Dr. Buckner by phone at area code 415-721-1778. Give him a call. Invite him to your church to speak, to do seminars, to do workshops and trainings, to do Bible studies, all of these wonderful resources that he can bring to bear to, to uh, equip your church and um, edify the body of Christ. So we want to encourage you take advantage of that. Give him a call. He's, he's open to um, even speaking at Sunday morning services. He's done that for churches. So there's a lot of things that you can take advantage of by giving him a call. So please keep us in your prayers until next time. when we once again, give you the opportunity to ask questions, make comments and dialogue with Dr. Buckner. Always with one purpose in mind, to equip, exhort, and better enable you to contend for the faith. I'm Gary Bell. May God richly bless you. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.